0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You ready? And we are back on Buff Hubby Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Steve Vega. Guys, It's been obviously a very eventful month and thank you so much for sticking with me through all these mock drafts and I'm actually going to review the second half of the draft. Um, I obviously just went into the first and second day last weekend. It's just a lot to dissect. So just bear with me as we get into uh, a, it might be a lengthy one today guys. So uh, basically going to dissect the rest of the draft going into obviously the the last days of it. And um, I want to also talk about the AFC East, you know, there are a lot of questions that have basically come up about: Are the Bills going to comfortably, you know, take the AFC East title? Yeah, look, I'll just put it this way: Like for me, just to establish the the uh, the, the the lens, if you will, of how I'm going to get into all this. Number one, definitely going to take my time uh, talking about the other guys that were drafted. But as far as the AFC East goes, I think we have to go in with the lens of also. This is, its never going to be easy, <laughs> um, you know. Especially when you have, I think, the best defensive-minded coaches in the NFL in the AFC East. So, every, everyone's saying, "Oh, Mac Jones is going to do this," you know. Obviously, you got other, other other quarterbacks that are on the rise. You got Tua Tagovailoa getting this guy back, uh, you know, from Alabama, and you know, all eyes are obviously on the Jets right here with, um, you know, their 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 quarterback now, and <laughs> again. I mean, you look at the defensive coordinator and you know head coach now. His mind, uh, you know, Sale is no joke. So there's a lot to talk about. But let's jump back into the draft real quick. Um, I want to take my time, obviously, to, to give respect of. Uh, just their ability, I think after having some time to really look into these guys, you know, look into what they're gonna be able to bring to the table. and more importantly, <laughs> guys, mini, you know, mini camp, uh, you know training camp, all these things that are gonna they're gonna pop off OTAs and all that, like it's gonna be heated. Um, and the reason I say that is because after looking at the talent that uh, <laughs> I think is gonna I think it's gonna grow pretty quickly. Um, from the guys who got in the draft, it's going to, I think it's going to shake things up on the roster and I think in a good way. Um, so let's get into it. So last week, obviously we left off with, uh, Carlos Basham and getting into Gregory Rousseau and how they're going to shake up the roster now. And obviously you talk about jumping, t- jumping through tables. You got a guy, you know, in Spencer Brown, uh, going out in the third, in the third round, uh, 93 overall. So, um, out of Northern Iowa, we obviously talked about those guys we talked about how it's important to be able to you know bring a guy in that we can develop I think an offensive line is in my opinion it's very similar to the impact that a tight end has if you get a good tight end just like you get a good offensive lineman it takes a few years for them to really gel and figure out how they feel in the they fit in the NFL because you know in in college football you just really don't see players that are they've completely reached their potential right um these guys are getting they're getting primed and ready for the nfl and they get faster they get stronger so right when these guys get into the nfl first thing they feel is the speed um secondly they feel the power uh <laughs> when you get hit in the nfl it, it can literally end your career so um not not to knock anyone in, in college football you know like they, college football players get hit pretty good too um, with that being said, uh, you know, I, I think the bills, they really had the perspective of, um, we definitely have a lot of guys that, you know, we like, obviously we want to keep them on the roster, but we need to be ready and everyone else is reloading. So we needed to reload and going down, obviously right after Spencer Brown, you got, you know, in the fifth round, 161 overall, Tommy Doyle, this kid is six, eight, uh, 320 pounds, um, you know i definitely see him as a guy who i think is i think maybe middle through the season probably getting some reps probably being able to get some more playing time and uh you know hopefully hopefully he just fits in what the bills are trying to do going forward because i think right now the offensive identity is pass, pass, pass. Like there's, there's, we got a lot of wide receivers on the roster now. I don't really know how many we're going to be taking, you know, into the regular season on the 53-man roster. But it's going to be very interesting to see what they want to do. Um, also, let's see what the NFL wants to do. I don't know if the rules have been completely solidified yet, but you think about. Obviously, the whole situation of you know having an extra game, can you at least get two extra roster spots? I don't know, but I think that'd be that'd be a pretty big deal for the Buffalo Bills, especially with everyone reloading around them in the in, in the AFC East. So, moving on here, um, round six, you got you know obviously 203rd overall. This was a <laughs> this was an interesting one. Uh, we go wide receiver with Marquez Stevenson. Um, man, like I know a lot of people were. We wanted a wide receiver. We wanted a cornerback. We wanted things to fall the way we wanted them to go, right? But um, I think what the Bills saw here was probably just a guy that, again, could fit in the long run. Um, Possibly help out in the kick return game instead of having to throw Isaiah McKenzie you know, straight into that role. Maybe give this young guy, uh, you know, a shot early on in his career uh, to establish himself on the roster, you know, really show what he can do. Um, and I think this would be a really good thing for Isaiah McKenzie, maybe to just stick on the, oh, just only on the offensive side of the football and just stay... out I, 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 Look, I'll be honest with you. I don't want Isaiah McKenzie to get on special teams. I love the idea of Isaiah McKenzie getting more involved on the offensive side of the football. Um, and let him, maybe this guy, I think get those opportunities in the kick return game and, you know, and, in the punt return game, Uh, you know, you look at his history, you know, he did run into some injury. We all know that. Um, But, you know, you start really thinking about, you know, what we lost in Andre Roberts. Right. And it's, it's like he had like that guaranteed factor about him that, okay, maybe he, he may get stumped. He may fumble once in a blue moon, but you know, that when Andre Roberts needs to make something happen he'll give you no less than let's say you know 25 or 35 yards which is awesome and it's a big difference especially when you're trying to you know establish field position early on in a game against a really good team we saw that against Seattle um last year so definitely I like this kid I think he's really obviously he's extremely quick um you know And we're hoping that this is going to be one of those, you know, speed killer guys that we can, you know, throw on the football field and have that strong impact. All right. So moving on to round six here uh, at number 212 overall, like guys, Um, oh, we're still in the sixth round, obviously. But dude, okay, this guy for me really sparked my interest. So we know he's a safety, right, Demar Hamlin a safety out of Pittsburgh, but I'm going to be real with you guys, man. When's the last time the Buffalo Bills had a safety who could really stuff the run? Like, he was just known for that. I think Poyer and Micah Hyde are jack-of-all-trades. I don't think they're specialized in one particular thing. That's why they work so well together. But have you ever noticed football teams that have (laughs) just that one safety, you know, and, and you don't really know about the other guy on the other side. You know, I, I I think he has that it factor about him after really seeing, um, what he's about, you know, this guy's super aggressive. He knows how to stop the run. And, you know, I definitely think this is a guy that I, we can get him playing time in special teams all over again, get him a slot in there, maybe make a play happen, pop the ball loose, uh, you know, get some reps, maybe, halfway through the game to give Micah Hyde or Jordan Porter some rest. Like that's important. You know, these guys are gonna get older. Uh they're obviously, you know, they're in the prime of their career right now. We want we need to take advantage of that, especially in playoff runs. But this is a kid who I think if he learns behind them, I think I think he can start within the next two, three seasons. So um, you know, super excited about him. I like his I like his savvy on the football field. I feel like he's uh he's he's definitely he does some things that really pop out on tape like when it comes down to just when he knows the ball's coming his way, he wants people to know he's making a play. And and and, and for a safety to have that factor about him, like you know, like the quarterback knows if he's throwing the football to that guy, he's probably going to get his guy hit pretty good. I mean, that's that's Uh, That's a good factor to having a safety, in my opinion. Um, So anyways, you know, DeMar Hamlin, right? Moving on, we're still in the sixth round here at number 213. You got Rashad Wild Goose, cornerback out of Wisconsin. So this was uh, kind of a wild card of a pick, right? (laughs) Um, Nobody really read into this guy, you know, He has that factor about him that probably could provide a lot of potential in the slot. And I think this is what the Bills are trying to do. They're trying to basically, they're trying to mirror the good players they got on the field already. And they're trying to bring in guys who can learn underneath them and just replicate, replicate, replicate. Right? I mean, if you think about it, right? This is a very smart strategy, you know, from Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott. Like, why try to get outside of the element of what is not them? You know, bringing in a guy that maybe just, you know, okay, maybe he shakes things up, but he, he does affect your defensive scheme by making you alter everything you do, right? This is a guy I think he just fits. He can learn underneath Taron Johnson. Um, and he gives, he gives this factor to the Bills where it's like, okay, yeah, again, next man up. I'm 50-50 about that. Like, I think next man up is kind of a, uh, kind of a, a premature thing to say. like th- There's no real way to have the next man up be just as good is what I'm talking about here. like Taron Johnson goes down. Rashad Wild Goose is not going to go in there and just explode off the scene. It's just not realistic to have that. Um, so you look at the development of Taron Johnson. I mean, for crying out loud, nobody believed in him until the end of the season. Let's be real, right? Slot corner is a very hard position to play, very hard position to cover on um, these speedy guys and, the, and the, you know, goes inside the slot and uh, sometimes it's their number one wide receiver. And, uh, you know, you got the other guys playing outside. So this guy's going to take some time, but it's nice that he provides that value. He provides that, um, just that mirror factor that I'm talking about. He possibly could be the guy that replaces Taron Johnson in the future. Um, something to think about. Okay, round seven here, uh, number 236 overall. We go offensive line again out of Texas Tech, Jack Anderson. So, this is future. Future, 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 and versatility. And it seems to me like this was a guy that really caught them as far as um, trying to improve the run game factor. And, you know, that's obviously something that we want to see start to take off. But uh, I think that's going to come with the development of who we have on the roster right now. And... It's it's gonna be interesting to things to see how things shake up this season because Sean McDermott clearly, um, and, and Brandon Bean obviously clearly, you know, believe that Devin Singletary and Zach Moss and Matt Breida are the future of the Buffalo Bills run game. And I think they wanna develop that side of the football and try to figure out how it fits because you know, the way the NFL is turning, um, it's just not realistic game in game out if you want to win 12 to 13 games right to have just this ground and pound running game it may work in the playoffs because it's winner go home type deal but like in the regular season where you're trying to just stay above your division and you know try to get position in the playoffs like you need all the creativity you can get to get those wins and um i you know the more i thought about this draft and how I ended up shaking up and you know who was left, you know how the board went and whatever have you I just I just really think the Buffalo Bills just had this idea that Who we are is enough And we're gonna get it done We're gonna keep developing we're gonna keep giving players, um, you know their shot and um We're gonna to try to provide opportunities for these guys to grow All right, and obviously really quick as well, um Guys, Elijah Griffin, cornerback out of Southern California, uh, he's a Buffalo Bill. I remember doing a mock draft and really looking at the way his style of play was. He just had this, uh, I, I just felt like an instinct about him at cornerback that he. I feel like he could really provide some long-term competition. Now, it's going to be interesting to see how he shakes up. We got a bunch of other guys, obviously, that we signed undrafted. You got uh, Cyrus Tulatile uh, offensive lineman out of uh, Fresno State, Tyreek Thompson safety out of San Diego State, San Diego, State. Um, San Diego. <laughs> Trey Walker wide receiver out of San Jose State, Nick McLeod cornerback out of Notre Dame, um, Quentin Morris you know tight end uh, Bowling Green State. So it's you know he converted from wide receiver to tight end. These are guys that I think the Bills are trying to see. You know, did we strike gold in you know in just a sea of tons of players that went undrafted you got guys like julian edelman obviously went undrafted uh you know a lot of people forget about this guy tony romo <laughs> went undrafted uh out of eastern illinois in 2003 and then obviously um you know the, the the man the myth the legend who torched the bills for so many years wes welker you know wide receiver out of texas tech so <laughs> priest holmes running back you know 1997 there there are so many things that collide in the NFL, you know, as far as factors go. That it's it's interesting to see what the Bills are going to be doing. More importantly, how the future of this team is going to get affected because when I look at this team, I look at the foundation is set which provides plenty of opportunities for the coaches to sit back for a little bit now. Look, we won we won the AFC East. We know what it's going to take to get in the playoffs, right? we need to make sure we're developing players for the future become a franchise similar to Pittsburgh similar to New England similar to the Saints you know similar to these teams they just have a knack for just sticking around competing that's what the buffalo bills need to do is just figure out okay how do we develop to stay consistent and i think it starts with obviously the draft but you know you got to give some guys who are undrafted a shot as well you know just don't leave them out in the dark i feel like a lot of teams They get so married (laughs) to the idea and mysticism of this player was so glorified by ESPN, whatever have you, and never really give this guy a clear shot. Yes, they should earn it. I totally agree with that. But, you know, behind the scenes, um, if you see this guy really, you know, busting his butt to, you know, stay inside the building, learn the offense, learn the defense. Uh, you know have a really good day at practice why not just give him a chance in the practice squad and then potentially let him you know let him go uh live on the roster on game day um you know that's always what the goal should be is the development of players and I feel like that's going to be interesting to see as we go forward because you know to be frank man like we are not in the easiest division to uh just be lax a daisy going in the next couple of years these guys are going to get better and better so let's jump into this now uh (laughs) so we got to talk about New England first. Um, look, we know Hunter Henry, Jonah Smith, Cam Newton's still there. Uh, apparently he's still the quarterback. Here's a guy that went underneath the radar. Two guys, actually, that I think are going to be a really big help for the Patriots. Matthew Judon and Nelson Aguilar. Make no mistake, Nelson Aguilar is still a stud he can still get it done on the field. Um, he's a wide receiver if you guys don't know um, <laughs> you're not watching football then because if you watch football you know what he can do. Um, I'm really surprised that uh, you know the, the Raiders let him walk I felt like he brought a really a, a really st- just great factor of explosiveness on the football field as far as stretching the field you know they're getting uh, Stefan Gilmore he's coming back from injury you know what he can do Kyle van Noy. Um, they re-signed him after, uh, obviously, he got released by the Dolphins. Um, you know, Dante Hightower's coming back. The list goes on and on and on. And I think some someone that I really think went under the radar as far as the draft went for me, because he kept falling in my, <laughs> he kept falling in my mock drafts, and I kept running into him over and over and over, it was Oklahoma Sooner, Ronnie Perkins. So, he's uh, defensive end. I think he's going to be someone that really fits the Patriots. Now, I I will say, what struck me as interesting is that there wasn't really a splash as far as the wide receiver position goes for the Patriots going into this year. And that was interesting to me. I'm surprised that they just were very silent. It looks like they just want to go straight up ground and pound and use the tight ends as much as they can. With that being said, will Cam Newton be able to take this offense to the next level we have yet to see a truly healthy cam newton and i think that's something to take into consideration you just see the way he throws the football he just whenever i see cam newton throw the football i just feel like he looks uncomfortable i feel like there's something wrong his mechanics like something he obviously went through a bunch of injury but um hopefully for look i'm as i'm not a new england fan but Um, I do wish the best low key for Cam Newton to get healthy and compete. Um, because I really don't think everything, you know, went down well for him at the end of his tenure with Carolina. He was truly committed and really hurt. He wanted to be there. Um, and you know, everything just went sideways, uh, really quickly once they felt like they had another guy and clearly they didn't have another guy. They just wanted to get away from Cam Newton. Uh, so you know, as far as the New England Patriots go, man, they, dude, Jalen Mills, you know, safety as well. Like these guys are gonna be no joke. And like, okay, let's talk about Mac Jones. Okay, I know, I know, I know, Mac Jones, Mac Jones, Mac Jones. Like, it's gonna take like two to three years for this kid to really understand what he got himself into. Because here's the th- here's the thing. Defensively, if they start him, mid- let's just hap let's happen to say Mac Jones starts this year he will be going up against three of the top defensive head coaches in the NFL. Think about that. Do you really think that Bill Belichick wants this kid to get thrown to the wolves? Hell no. It is the absolute last resort. I think Bill Belichick is just fine letting Cam Newton run the offense figuring out how to utilize him better, and maybe sneaking into the playoffs, trying to make a little run, and then next year, throw Mac Jones into the fold. This kid will get eaten alive if he jumps in that team right away. So, <laughs> as far as New England goes, I I, I think they're definitely going to be... They're, they're, they're going to be hard to beat, right? I I think they're going to be hard to beat. I think they're going to be annoying to play, But again, when you have instability at the quarterback position, which is what Cam Newton, right now he is. He's unstable. It basically just starts to have a domino effect on the rest of the team. People get injured. People get sour. People start wondering about what the the direction of the the football team is, and it's going to really test Bill Belichick in the long run. And I think this whole draft that he just did is basically gonna determine his legacy tom brady's moved on i kind of feel like everyone who's moved on from the patriots (laughs) they're like okay i don't know how to put it but like they're like belichick's children who went to college and like he finally just let them go just go be whoever you want go wherever you want do whatever you want and he's just like giving them, you know, the blessing. All right. You look at Julian Edelman. You know, he's retiring. Whatever. And Bill Belichick's being pretty silent about it. He gave one statement. But Bill Belichick and everyone knows this guy wants to go back to Brady. We all know that. <sighs> Same thing with Gronk. I mean, they traded Gronk away. Uh, they got a they got a lot a lot back in return. Um, but then, uh, you know. It, it's just interesting to see, you know, and like he's super low-key about his, his, his stuff with Brady. Um, and so, you know, I, I really think about what Belichick is going to look like in the future. And I think this draft, this draft is going to say a lot. Like this draft could ultimately ruin Bill Belichick's, you know, reputation. If if he tanks, with with who he who he who he drafted, and you know they, they slowly but surely, people people just start to realize like this guy just got lucky. I, that's gonna look really bad for the New England Patriots in general. You know, like Bill had Drew Bledsoe when he first got there, bada bing, bada boom, right? And then right after Drew Bledsoe drafts Tom Brady. If you look at the history of the Patriots, it's so interesting because I don't think in NFL history I have seen a better, just as far as like work, I'm not talking about turnovers, right? I'm talking about turnover goes with, let's say an employee, like a star stud employee in Drew Bledsoe. You... Have the ability in Drew Blood, so it's prime to move on from him. That's like that's like Josh Allen, right? In his sixth or seventh year, he's taking you to the playoffs. Um, you know, you were able to go to the Super Bowl, whatever. And then after you know your sixth or seventh year, you get a guy like Patrick Mahomes comes out of the draft, and he just happens to fall to the fifth or sixth round. Let's draft him. Put him, behind, put him behind Josh Allen. Then you see this kid take over when, if Josh Allen gets hurt, and then you move on from Josh Allen. It's pretty easy to build your team around a great quarterback. This is why last week I was saying the Bills are the new Patriots and the Dolphins are the new Bills. Everyone in the AFC East is begging and scraping to find a quarterback who can bring their team to the promised land. <laughs> the Bills struck gold. And I don't think anyone else in the AFC East did. So now I'm going to move on. Let's talk about the Dolphins, man. <laughs> so you got Tua Tagabalo, Tua Tundabalo, I don't know, whatever you want to call him. I don't think he's taking this team anywhere. I still think that the Miami Dolphins... Are just that team that they are consistently gonna be always a quarterback away. Always a quarterback away. Um, I don't care what you give him. I don't care that he got Will Fuller. I like Xavier Howard. You know, I don't I don't care that he got Jalen Waddle. The only person on that team that for real scares me is Mike Gasecki. Because I know If this guy hits the red zone, he can torch the Bills. Everyone else on that defense, I don't think they match up well with us. I will give the benefit of the doubt to Andrew Van Ginkel. I think that guy's a stud. I think he's really good. Um, But, you know, Byron Jones, you you look at everyone else they have. uh, Emmanuel Ogba. um, The list goes on. Jason McCourty. They got they got players, all right? They got players. And then just word got out that Bobby McCain got released. Their safety, starting safety. They signed Jerry Blunt. I think Brian Flores bit off a little bit more than he can chew with to of Tagovailoa. I think he got pressured into picking him. I don't think he wanted him. I think... He definitely wanted Mac Jones, and I think he wanted to wait another year. You obviously saw the flip-flop all year long with him and Fitzpatrick. I almost feel bad for Mike Flores because of what he's dealing with. I think it's it's a crap show right now because of how many great players they have and how much is resting on Tua's shoulders. And Tua, I do not, I'm going to say it, I'm going to say it again. I do not think he has the zip to really rifle that football. I don't think he has it. And I think that's what's going to hold the Dolphins back. And I think them losing that Breida was a big deal. And I think the intel that we're going to get from him is going to really hurt the Miami Dolphins going forward. So, um, you know, I, I really don't know what else to get into about the Miami Dolphins because they're very mundane to me. They went 10-6. and six. Dude, if they had what it... What it look, here, here's the plain and simple thing. They rested their chances to get in the playoffs on Tua when the Bills were going to rest their players halfway through the game. Right? He still couldn't win the game against our 2s and our 3s. I don't really know what else to say about him. It's his first year. I get it. Maybe he needs some time to develop, but arm strength is arm strength, man. And I don't think the guy has it. Okay, so the New York Jets finishing off here. Guys, I think (laughs) you know what the Miami Dolphins were to the New England Patriots for the last 20 to 25 years what Miami was to the New England Patriots. That's what I think the Jets are to the Buffalo Bills. I think they're going to get those wins. They're going to leave a very sour taste in our mouth. And it's going to suck. And it's because I think that their team is starting to really come together. The only factor for me that I am just unsure about is Zach Wilson. Again, here we go, talking about the quarterback position. So, Zach Wilson, I, I don't really know how else to say this, but I feel like he is very overrated right now. I think a lot of things have to go right for his career to go in the right way. And that goes with his supporting cast. And I don't I haven't not seen the, the New York Jets, I think in the last ten years, give a solid supporting cast to their quarterbacks. It's always been subpar. Um you know, and I, I think about he has this like chip on his shoulder you know, coming out of, you know, BYU. And it's like, you know, I need to prove them wrong. And, um, I, <sighs> dude, I, I don't think that this is a guy that you're going to see a lot in the first two, three years of his career. I think it's going to be in the fourth and fifth because the New York Jets have a lot to figure out. But they have a lot of Potential. A hell of a lot of potential, especially with Solly at the helm, and I, that's where I give all of my respect. Before I start talking about the Jets, it's just Solly. Like Robert Solly is a bad ass coach, man. If I would have any other coach besides Sean McDermott, coaching the Buffalo Bills, I would take Robert Solly, and, and also Mike Tomlin. I love Mike Tomlin, but um, <laughs> they you know they 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 bring in Corey Davis. I think Mekhi Becton is an amazing tackle. I still respect the hell out of Jamison Crowder. I just feel like they had a very solid draft as well. Let's just talk about one guy in particular. Obviously, Elijah Moore. You have to talk about him. He's a speedster. They took him in the second round. I mean, they were stacked. Absolutely stacked in this draft. Have you guys even checked it out? Like, the New York Jets, alone in the fifth round, had three picks. Just in the, fifth, in the fifth round alone. The sixth round, they stacked up as well. Cornerback position, they stacked. They have a lot of guys that I think, as time goes on, if they give them the opportunities to develop, Again, it comes down to that. It comes down to util- utilization as well, management of their career, because you see a lot of talent go to a lot of teams all the time, and they always gets utilized incorrectly because they get pressure from management. And that's the one thing that bothers me a little bit about the Jets. It's not, it's not Douglas. It's not Salah. It's not the quarterback. It's who's at the top. The owner of the New York Jets. I just. Something about him just always sits wrong with me. I feel like Woody Johnson has several times driven this team into the ground. And um, I I really don't know if he is going to be patient enough to let this team develop. With that being said... (laughs) He was very patient with Adam Gase, but I wonder if that ruptured his trust with having a new head coach go in there and try to fix everything because let's be real. um, Just him alone trusting that guy for that long probably ruptured the trust within the entire organization and they're believing that if they don't get something going within 3 years at least have an 11 and 5 10 and 16 they're going to get fired and you know that's that's a frustrating thing for i think any NFL coach you you want to be able to be competitive but look i'm going to be if if i were the if i were the orange owner of the jets i am telling my head coach and i am telling my gm i'm saying to them look i'm giving you 5 years to get this team to a comfortable 10 and 6 record i want to see that we earned it i want to see that the team is built strong because we are not in an easy in an easy division and the afc and the afc in general is not going to be easy to deal with In other divisions, teams are getting stacked. They're getting stronger. And I just want to see something. But I don't think that Woody Johnson has that patience for this team. The New York Jets are probably going to be the team that you're going to have to, just like the Bengals, you're going to have to have the most absolute patience in the world to build this team right. I promise you, especially after firing Rex Ryan, if Sean McDermott did not have that playoff berth, he would not be the coach of the Buffalo Bills right now. That first playoff berth basically cemented his legacy, that he will do whatever it takes with whoever he has to make something happen. So I'm going to round this up with the Bills here, guys. I, I believe, okay, early prediction, I think it's going to be Bills at the top. I think it's going to be New England at the second, Miami at third, and New York Jets at fourth. That's how I think the AFC is, AFC is going to go. up. Um, I'm just trying to make sure I don't go on a crazy rant because there is still a lot to get into, and I'm probably towards when the season gets when the season gets closer. I'm probably going to go team by team. Um, especially in the AFC to basically break down how the Bills are going to match up with them uh, You know, going into the next season all the AFC, AFC teams are going to be playing obviously we're going to have to talk about the division again and uh, we're going to see how this all shakes up the teams have reloaded but I believe the Buffalo Bills are ready and I'm very interested to see how this training camp is going to go OTAs are going to go it's going to be electrifying I know you guys are excited <laughs> Man, your Buffalo Bills are going, going back into the 2021 season after a 13 3 season. Like, be proud, guys. I know a lot of you guys are, especially on Twitter. I keep reputing, doing what we're doing this Bills Mafia. Uh, so, again, I am your host, Steve Vega. Thank you for joining me on Buff Hub, the Buffalo Rumblings podcast. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Go we'll next